Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again in person at Shay's house is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing? We're not dressed the same this time. No, very different, very different attire. Uh, but it sounds the same, which is good. Yes, yes. Shout out the microphone uh, once again. Uh, yeah, as same thing as last time, the internet at my place is still getting fixed, so. Drove over here. After. Internet's popping here. I got yeah. <laughs> extenders. The five-foot monitor is still in place here, yeah, looking left good. to right the whole way to get everything. But uh, it is the Mailbag Podcast today. Uh, we got done with Brian Kelly. at uh, He had his press conference at 12. I rolled in there at 11.59 right before him. And, uh, I mean... No, it was way early. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't the uh, most... I don't know. It's kind of like for a press conference, it's like... It felt like he was like, "What do y'all want me to say?" It was a, hand, it was like my hands are up. It's feeling. like, "What do y'all want me to say here?" Like we didn't play well. I thought it was the same thing after Saturday of yes. like, "Do you want me to call out all the deficiencies, exactly. or do you want me to just tell you we got to coach him better to what our roster is?" Exactly. I'm sure with some of these answers, we'll get into what he said. Yeah. So we have a lot of questions. Obviously, for those who want to send questions, um, I post on Sunday nights, uh, asking for mailbag questions. Have them until we record the podcast. So. A dollar for the first year of the Bengal Tiger podcast if you're not already subscribed, but these are subscriber-only questions. So uh, we can get right into them. I don't know which one you want to start with. Okay, I can be on re-duty. Um, okay. Captain playing at 246, why does the offense suck so badly? Um, I'm sure we'll answer offensive questions in a variety so of ways moving forward, and there would so be a lot of answers. I'll start with the O-line. Six, five, or six? Five out of six. Five. It's going to be six different combinations in seven okay. games this coming I think week. I would start there. Yeah. I don't think it was an experienced unit to start with, and I don't think it 
it was patchworked in a way between true freshmen and transfers and yeah and they had to teach a center how to snap in the offseason and that's not Charles Turner's fault there was no center on the roster yeah. who was returning with any sort of experience at the position so I would start with the line. I agree. I, th- I think that's where it starts, and then it kind of just eroded. Every, it is eroding everywhere else. There's no tight end depth. The receivers haven't been as good. Running back depth is shot. So a lot you could talk about there. Uh, Mr. Virgo, is the team better or worse at this point than you expected? They're exactly what I thought they would be before the season, but I got into a little bit of fool's gold, I think, with the 4-1 and one start. Yeah, me, me too. I had them at— I. I my bold my bold take on the season was they were going to start five and zero, which I I had four was and close. One. I was we were close in that, even though I, they didn't deserve to win the Florida State game, where they were close in that game. So I thought it was going to be five and zero, and then it was just going to all go away in the second half of the, of the season. Um, I still think the second half is going to be tough, but yeah, four and two, five and one is about what I expected. So I mean, losing to Tennessee the way they did isn't great, but you know, it's not the end of the world. I think that's the, my main takeaway. I expected them to be about where they are. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tiger Ranch, he's got a few here. Let's just, we're going to really, uh, hot, roll right through there. Uh, I should limit it to one, one per, one Tiger per. Ranch is a long time member. He can, yeah. he can ask a few. Okay. Uh, what do you expect will change if anything with our offense or is this it for the season? So I asked Kelly today and he had already been kind of barraged with this question a little mm-hmm. bit in different ways, but I was curious, like in season is that if you're just masking deficiencies or trying to play to strengths, whatever it is. Do you then go change things with the – is it the personnel that stays on the field? Is it play calling? Is it the actual scheme that needs adjusting? And he had sort of a variety of – I need to actually – like we're recording this right after he talked. And yeah. he probably talked for 30 minutes about like different ways they had to coach him better. Yeah. do it. But one thing he did say was like shrink – they're about to shrink the playbook in yes. a way of – and he also talked a lot about players retaining knowledge. And that was like a real in-season self-evaluation mm-hmm. that he felt like at the midway point had to happen because he was like, are these guys – he's like, the answer can't just be like, that guy doesn't get it. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, maybe if he's asking coaches what's happening there and a coach is like, well, the guy's just doing it the wrong way. Okay, so are we teaching it wrong? Do they need to be on a whiteboard more it's, than they need to be in film? Do they need to be on the practice field more than they need to be in a walkthrough? And he was like, I think that's kind of where yeah. we're at individually. with, And that's what happens units. when you get a bunch of players that you 100%. obviously didn't coach before, but then even them coming into with new coaches and new teammates. So you're, you don't – players don't know how to learn, and this is every, – every I'll do a monologue at the end, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch right. on exactly what you're saying. Okay. Um, how do you feel about play calling seems uneventful and well stale uneventful? I think those are good words. For the most part, I mean, I I never thought I'm not sure how exotic they can really even be. That's it's true, it's true. It's (laughs) so much of this is married together. I feel like where it's like Denbrock. They make good. There's good play calls in there. It just doesn't get executed, so we forget about it. I watched the next play. Yeah, I mean, I watched Cincinnati's game against Notre Dame before the Tennessee game, and from last year, obviously, when Denbrock was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee or uh, Cincinnati, and I was like, this doesn't look much at all like what LSU's running right now. So I was like, okay, you have Desmond Ritter at quarterback last year. You know, you have a veteran team. It's just a different circumstance. So. I'm having to dumb it down a good bit. Maybe not dumb it down, but well, they're about to shorten it up is certainly how it sounded. Um, can you provide the latest health info on Will Campbell and Dellinger? This is obviously a pretty big topic here. Yeah. Will Campbell, as we were recording this on Monday afternoon, it sounds like he was about to be released from the hospital, which he an EMS came 
Matty B, you talked to Josh Williams, yeah. the running back, and he said it was like he just dropped. It kind of sh- everybody it shook everyone up. Kelly yeah. described it as an episode. It sounds like passed out, maybe at a seizure, like not as I don't I don't know yeah, don't I don't know, yeah. but it. Josh Williams said it was scary, and yeah. Kelly said, "Look, they had the ambulance had to come out on the field. They had to take him out, and he's like it really shook everybody up." Yeah. And that was at walk for on Friday. Now it's Monday afternoon. He's getting out. And the fact that Kelly said that all of his tests came back clean, he said was great news. He said, now if you're worried about now football-wise, he said they had to have another hurdle to get through there. And then it'll just probably be monitoring him. I would guess that means pretty doubtful for this weekend just because you're like, the guy's getting out of the hospital after four days. And Yeah, I it, don't know how and to— And we don't really know what's going on with him, and it's kind of day-to-day. So Yeah, I don't know how to approach— his status for Friday, for Saturday's game. And when it when it was talking about who will be the starting of the line, Kelly almost said, like, I want to move Bradford back inside because he's a better guard than tackle, but I just don't know what our availability is yet. So, And I think he meant by Campbell. Yeah. Uh, Dellinger, grade two MCL sprain, yep. out this week against Florida, out next week against Ole Miss. Then he gets a bye week to rest up, and then Kelly said he should be good after that. So that yeah. would be the Bama game in early November. That's a big loss. Uh, can Pullian correct the special teams woes? Is he on the proverbial hot seat? I'm not hot seating anybody six games in. Yeah. Um, and certainly, like, I completely agree, like, that Pol- like Pullian can't catch the ball for the punt return or the kickoff. Like, if they're out kicking the coverage on a certain thing and they bust one, like, that's not totally on him. It, but there are The coaching... punt return is more on him than the 100%. best. 100%. Well, those, yes, drop, 100%. Right? Um, like, the best drop. But I would just... say that his unit is on the biggest hot seat of anyone on the team. Yeah, I mean they are by far the most. The thing is, he's also the recruiting coordinator, so it's not like he's only the special teams. Well, and here's the thing: uh, someone was like special teams so inconsistent. I would completely disagree. I would say they're the most consistent, <laughs> yeah, consistent. unit on the team. Consistently bad is the issue. Yes, like there are no bright spots that we've seen yet. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that the hot seat goes onto the that position for sure, and he's in charge of it. So I don't know. We'll see. It's only halfway. Yeah. Through the season. Uh, why can Kayshawn, Big True, or True, a.k.a. Big True, why can Kayshawn no longer get separation from average DBs? Is Are we to the point where we're buying in? He might just not be the same after he had a pretty bad injury that two moments, Two moments before the season stick out to me. Uh, the first one was when we talked to Kayshawn before the season, he was still, uh, he said that he was still hesitant about exploding off of his foot and he was still, you know, getting back into it. And this was like a week or two before the first game. Right. And so if you're still feeling that way beforehand, I we've heard, I mean, from athletes at the professional level, at college level, where you come back from an injury and it takes you a year or so to get that full trust back in that, uh, in that foot or wherever the injury is. So I think that's definitely part of it. And then the second thing was, uh, I don't know, we watched the very first practice and Kayshawn had a couple drops there and you could tell he was still – not not 100% confident. I think it's a confidence thing at this point, but yeah, it's it's been a little concerning. I still think he's going to get drafted. I think he'll be fine, uh, but I think this year is a product of him not being 100% on that ankle. And even if he is 100% physically, mentally, he hasn't overcome that hurdle yet, which we see a lot in sports. The fact that he just eclipsed 100 yards after five games played is concerning. Yes. So And then you have the whole offensive philosophy and Daniel's not throwing in and it's still, it just stacks on top of each other. I think that that's a bigger discussion. Yes. Um, Cairo Tiger said with no signing class scholarship cap, what size class do you think we bring in adding transfer portal additions plus high school recruits together? I could see it laying around 32. I think it'll be more than that. Curious is 
is there a world where they take more? I do. I think that they'll probably sign 25 or six high school kids, yeah. maybe more, and go then above four or five in transfers. So what they I like? think they want the – they. I don't think. They have to have and they want the high school class to be a whole lot bigger than the transfer class. Like you're – that's you don't want to continue to patchwork it. What but are they at right now? Twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty one or twenty two in, in the yeah in, in the class. So yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of names. Ten that, more. There's high school kids, and then you'll find out how many transfers. Which and there's a lot of names you and yeah. Billy have talked about that you know could be late additions to the class that can. <clears throat> and what Cairo is asking towards is now the the current rule. It's always changing. Is uh, like you used to could only sign twenty five. Yes. Now you can sign as many as you want. You just have to stay under eighty five when the season begins. Total scholarships, LSU's well under that. Yes. Um, he asked again. Seems to be a glaring problem with the offensive scheming. Do we realistically think adjustments will be made on that side of the ball? Do we just not have anyone on the staff that can scheme for games? Kansas is a good example of an offensive team that schemes week to week. Their offense doesn't look the same every game. I would say they have a lot of people on staff that can scheme for games. Like Kelly's been a head coach thirty something years. Yeah. Like. Denbrock's called offense for a long time and successfully recently. And yeah. then Joe Sloan was calling offenses at Tech. So, yeah, they have a lot of guys. I just I think people are overlooking that they're not good. Yeah, there are holes. There and are significant when, holes. And if you're and when your offensive line's by far the worst part, and you can't run the football, I can't run the ball. And you're saying, oh well, J- Jaden, I like him. He does some things, but he's not patient enough. Or he doesn't have enough time to, to look downfield and go through all his reads. That's another thing. It's like people pretend like, well, I want Jaden to get through read three and four. It's like, dude, I watch NFL on Sunday, and there aren't guys getting through their third no, and fourth read, I especially when you have no time, and I've, that's in your head. People, and I, I've talked— um, this, this isn't towards Cairo. No, I'm no, just no. talking out loud. I was on the phone with my dad, and I was like, you, I don't think people understand how hard it is to, uh, like, to find a good quarterback that checks off— like a checks off all these boxes here like Joe Burrow and that's yeah the you, you want Joe Burrow it's like okay but that's that's um LSU is hoping to get there with you know in future classes record recruit top end quarterbacks but um yeah it's not easy to play quarterback at any level but especially in the SEC um can Jaden so. be better yes of course I just don't think they're any good up front so I think that everything from there looks really bad like didn't start to yeah and then it's always hard for me to be like this is the exact problem with the offensive scheme because I'm not a coach and I'm not well, smarter than Mike Dembrock. And I saw MSP on the board went through and watched what would have been the scripted plays. It was like the first few series. Yeah. And it was like really good play calling that was executed so poor. Like there were drops or Jaden didn't pull the trigger or the O-line just got blown up and there was nothing to – like immediately the play is yeah. scrapped. So I think they're fine there. I think they'll – They've got some very experienced guys in that offensive room, coaching-wise. They can figure that out. Yeah, uh, They get paid a lot of money, too. Uh, Ernie Ball, five. Perkins, why did he hardly play? Uh, what Kelly say? They didn't want to move in positions. Yeah, Kelly said they were basically in a nickel the whole time, and they kept uh, Penn and Baskerville in at those two linebacker spots. So, obviously, you have five defensive backs. They kept Ojolari and Gay on the field the whole time at defensive ends. And I don't think they want Perkins to be, like, the future, like, a defensive end, like a jack position type right. guy. I think they want him to be more of a linebacker at some point in his career. But right now, he's like in that tweener position. Well, and Kelly said, yeah, if, if he's in the tweener spot, though, they want him to be all in on one area. Yes. And that's, hey, let's simplify him. Let's put him on the outside. Yes. Let's let him rush the passer. Do all these things that make him disruptive. But as you said, in this game, a lot of nickel. That player comes off the field, essentially. So... It doesn't sound like anything nefarious was going on there. They just or they overlooked him. And, and I mean, just, I still think there are ways you have to get him on the field. No doubt. 
but but I that's mean, the for him to play what? What do you play? Eight, nine, something like that's that. That's the explanation, snaps? though. Yeah, I, I still think you got to get him on the field a bit more than that. Than that. Well, uh, Jay Ward, why was he on the sidelines for a few third downs? You know, might have been tired. Personnel, yeah, fatigue, personnel, packages, different, uh, whatever the offense was running, you know, they changed personnel a lot. Uh, and Sage Ryan played a good amount. Mm-hmm. They, they threw him out there, so. Uh, NolaFan33, back during camp, maybe even prior to camp, Kelly made a comment along the lines, the offense doesn't change depending on which quarterback's in the game. He did. How do you perceive that question now versus how you originally made I think, it? I think, he, I think he meant that. I do too. I don't think this offense changes significantly with Nussmeier. Now, Maybe the decision making of the quarterback position changes in a way, but also so does the quarterback run game. You know, so does a lot of aspects. I'm just not sure I want it. The actual philosophy of Denbrock and Kelly was always going to be set in stone here. It's just how it was executed. It was how Daniels played off of it, and there's a lot of factors in that. I don't know. I'm sure someone's going to ask about the whole Nuss thing. I think another like behind this O line, Nuss would be getting sacked and hit. Or he All would just be time. throwing it up. Or he's then I, risking it and throwing it up. Like y'all know, I'm a big, I, I'm the Nuss bus oh, driver. Dude, I, I love Nuss, but big I, Nuss fan. But I'm just saying the reality of this current I team. Can't, I think the veteran. Yeah, I can't. I can't put. Uh, I can't say that Nussmeier at this moment would be the answer to many, if any, problems of this offense. Personally, no. They've had a lot. Got a lot of things to fix before they get to quarterback being the sole issue of figured out. And I don't. I'm not even in the camp that just play him for the future thing. Like, no, you don't want to. You don't want every Saturday to so look overstated. like Tennessee did. Either. It's it's so overstated to play young quarterbacks for experience. In my opinion, at times. Um, is Ali Gay's play good enough to just? Uh, this is from uh, Zigoche, uh, playing him over Savion Jones at this point. I mean, we got this question last time too. Yeah, I think. I don't uh, even know if Savion played this much. I don't this think past Savion weekend. didn't play much at all uh, this past. I think week. they like how Ali holds up a lot more in the run game than Savion, yeah, they, and that's out of Savion's mouth. Savion had said, "Yes, in, I'm in year two. I feel a lot more confident." He said this a couple weeks ago, but he was like, "I can't hold up against the run." He's at this all, point he's to be an every down player. Yeah. So strictly a pass rusher, Savion is. And Allegay, while I don't think he's been good against the uh, as a pass rusher this year, I think he's been fine against the run, or at least is much better against the run than Savion is at this point. Um, Captain Planet, 246, communication seems to still be a big issue in the secondary since he had guys wide open. Was it really just communication issues? Is it talent deficiency or both? I think talent deficiency is always going to play into some role here if you're comparing it to what you want the LSU which, roster to look like. Well, there was the Hinden Hooker. There well, were, the deep ball. Deep ball was a great It was just throw. a great throw. And I he thought, had a beat and by I thought, a step Yeah, I thought two. Bernard Converse got beat by a step. And then there was, but to end the, to to end end the, the half, half, there was like three, three times row, yeah. where they were wide open. He maybe missed one or and two And I thought of them. they were just, I thought the defense was playing too soft. The safeties were freaking 30. Yeah, and they were just running back. underneath them. And they just ran underneath them. So, I mean, I'm sure. I think their, I think their communications gets like, it's kind of like a week-to-week thing. Like It seems like it got better, and then Kelly actually thought it got worse, and then he thought it got better. Well, it's hard against that Tennessee offense. Though. I also thinking, don't, like, before the season, Kelly circled Major Burns as the key to the communication, he and did. Major Burns is hurt. So, And then they've shuffled in Brooks back there and Fouché back there. Uh, it's not Ward easy. Ward was playing safety. Ward was back there. And then you, have is, to play, was. then you have to play Tennessee, and Tennessee's going to light up a secondary like that. Uh, Bourbon, so I think it could be a few things. Bourbon and Cheerios. Seems like the majority of fans are focused on quarterback, play calling wide receivers. Everything on offense starts with the O-line. No doubt. I agree. Oh, this, is um, this is long. <laughs> if you can't get a push, can't run, can't take deep shots, 
and you can't call a game plan that's diverse and keeps the defense guessing. I agree with all that. We're seeing how LSU's backups on the O-line just aren't SC material, and it's beyond shocking to see the drop-off from a true freshman LT to the junior who stepped in front of him. As Kelly said today, they don't want to play Bradford at guard. No, but Bradford, no, they don't want to play Bradford tackle, at tackle. Yeah. But that's their best option at this point to keep Bradford on the field. So they'd rather him be – Kelly feels like you lose. I don't. First off, I don't think Bradford's athletic enough to play tackle. But he yeah. said you lose all the physicality of what you get in Bradford when you move. That's him out the point there. of yeah, Bradford. Yeah. No. So um, no limit on the twenty three class. Are there any uncommitted targets else she has a chance with on the line? Check they out. try to take another large portal group combination approach. I think they've done a good line setting foundation. I think they should go get DJ Chester, who's still out there uncommitted. That could be a four man high you know, O line class. Maybe you add another. Yeah. And that looks very solid. Very um good. then you see what's up in the portal. Like Tyler Steen was someone in the portal they went after hard, and he's killing it for Bama right now yeah. out of Andy. Can, he was player of the week a they week need a, ago. They need a center. It's like and Miles Frazier was ranked as one of the best O line men. Ohio State was on PFF, him. Like, yeah, like everybody on. was on and him. And I think Frazier's been good to this point. Okay, so then if you can go so. grab one guy that can start, then yeah, play center. <laughs> then you'll be good. Um, I think they just need to develop a lot of these guys they have and yeah. just try to make it work. You really need Emory Jones and Will Campbell to stay healthy. And Dellinger, those three, you need to yes, just have healthy at all times. That's the core. And then you'll figure it out from there. Um, I think we answered Alignment, LSU alignment, is this team bad or just young with potential? That's a great question. Well, if they're young, how I don't, young? I don't know if they're – I don't know if they're young. Well, they have young players. I think there's there are young but players But they also have, like, how many – like. 20 plus, you know, transfers that transfers are old. And, yeah. That are, like, so, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're bad. I just think I also here, I have a problem with, and I said, I would do a little monologue at the end. I'll mix it in here. I don't think they're a team right now. And I don't think you can be that much of a cohesive team. When you take more transfers than anyone, you had a roster of 39 players. You worked in a new offense, defense, and special teams coordinator. You worked in a new coach at every position minus O-line. You've got a new head coach. You've got a new strength coach. Every single thing about the program, like you cannot put all that in a blender and just be like, spit out consistency for me every yeah. weekend now. It's like that doesn't happen. And yeah. there are guys on this team that were playing at other colleges at a lower level than this for a reason. Yeah. They're not bad football players, but no. they're just not the standard LSU's and that's used to. Every single, I think coach. it's a combo. I don't think they're a great roster, but I do think they have young guys, some guys with potential. Yeah, and every every single coach says the transfer portal is not what you want to build your foundation on. So Absolutely, they not. don't haven't even started their foundation. LSU lawyer twenty four. Any chance Kelly keeps Denbrock, but tells him to adjust scheme, bring in an analyst, can revamp the offense in a more modern I think philosophy. I think there's they a have chance. a ton of analysts, so yeah. that shouldn't be an issue there. I mean, there'll be changes, obviously, with any offseason as far as... I, here, Here's what I probably think is one of the biggest things. I'd love to run these numbers. With what Denbrock and Kelly are probably used to, certainly Kelly, let's say, at Notre Dame, his NFL guys on offense were playing O-line. Yes. They were playing tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU's NFL guys on offense are playing wide receiver. They're playing running back. Yeah. That's a complete philosophical switch, I think, almost that has to happen there. If you want to like really build an offense, or not build one, but like have an offense that is suited to what you're going to be recruiting towards, you can like you never have to leave Louisiana to get yes. NFL running backs and NFL receivers. And the way Joe Sloan's recruiting think, quarterbacks. Yes, right. Like... You would have to think that means you I thought Innsmere did such a great job of that and he never gets any credit for any anything really, but it was spread out. It was, it was 
I mean, their very first game with him as interim OC, they broke the school's total offense record. They had like almost 700 yards of offense against Missouri that day. He had, what, a game with Kayshawn where they it was raining against Ole Miss and they were pretty much like, dude, we're just yeah. going to ride our best player. Throwing and he ball. broke the single game record. Like, times. <laughs> yeah. it, they found ways always to get receivers the ball, to at least get the running game started, you know, going to find some balance. Yeah. So that they, I think it's back to what I said there. It's, and I don't expect Denbrock and Kelly to come in here and immediately be like, Oh, let's change everything we've done forever. It, yeah. Because as Kelly said, I'm, we're still figuring out what this roster actually is. Yes. And when you take away, Starting alignment, starting alignment, you start to shrink the playbook even more and it becomes more difficult. I think yeah. long term, yes, the offseason will do a lot of self scouting there and and see how you get better. Um Mike Staclasa, do we beat Arkansas or are we six in the West? Are we favored in any game going forward but UAB? They could be favored in the old miss game, especially if they win this weekend. At home, Ooh. that could be a field goal type game. Ooh, Arkansas hasn't looked as good. No. Uh, but that's a road game. Um, I, I I think it's funny how quickly we forget that this team beat Mississippi State, like, and that Mississippi State's a good team, and they're two and one in conference at this point. So, in theory, I think if you win one or two more games, I don't know how Arkansas finishes uh-huh. finishes out the year. KJ Jefferson. Um, do I think LSU? I'll put it this way: Do I think LSU is a great team, even a very good team, a good team? No, not really. But yeah. I think that. If Kelly's right, they'll look better in November than they did September. Some people are trying to argue that they don't look any better right now than they did week one. I think they do. I don't, I don't know where we fall on that. That's a whole different argument. But I do think, like, you can look at last year with a roster that was depleting in front of their eyes where Max Johnson got to throw it to the end zone to try to beat Bama with no time left. Like, they're, wild things it's can hard happen. To, it's hard like to predict to wins. Week. It's hard to predict um wins in this SEC in the SEC that's one thing I've learned is early on is I mean they could beat Ole Miss they could beat Arkansas I think um they definitely could beat A&M I mean these are all going to be games where it's like a three-point spread Florida is a two and a half point spread right now like all these games LSU could win we just have to see them play like they did against Mississippi State and not how right. they did against uh, Tennessee. All right, we'll try to move quicker for everyone out there uh Captain Planet again why are we not trying another quarterback does Kelly just not trust us uh no, I would say probably not. And I think he, they I clearly think, Kelly think likes, Daniels yeah. gives them the best chance to win. 100%. And there's no like leaking out on Tiger droppings or anything about like Nuss crushes practice and they just refuse to play him. Like, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people in the building and no one once this year has ever brought up like, well, if they would just put in Nuss. Yeah. I, I, that tells me all I need to know. And I don't, and I, that's not a knock on Nuss. That's just, a, it's very clear to everyone that gets to watch nonstop that they're going with the best option. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's it. Coach K7, what is Fuchs' role moving forward? Notice Converse plays a lot of safety with Brooks against Tennessee. He did. He did. Thoughts. He played. He I played thought some Joe safety. would be playing a lot more than he did. It's 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 so weird. Um, I have to go back. I watched the uh, the thirty minute um, highlights last night, like at twelve o'clock, because um, I have nothing else to do on a Sunday night. But yeah, Converse Heck did yeah. play a good amount good amount of safety there. I think they like him. At safety at times, especially whenever like Tennessee's playmakers were in like those one-on-one situations, I think they like to guard. It's like a there. corner type player out there. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's tough because I think Converse can do it, but at the same time, I, I want to see Fouché because Fouché is such a playmaker at the yeah. spot. Um, was glad to see Tolan get some. This is still Coach K. Uh, glad to see Tolan got some valuable PT. 
Do y'all think we'll get to see more of the young secondary players on the field? Majority of our secondary transfers and out of eligibility. I think they want to just play the best guys right now. Yeah, I don't so think they're going to play them. the transfers. So like the LaTerrence Welshes and Jalen Davis Robinson. Jalen Davis Robinsons of the world. I don't think are going to play much this year so. at all. I know. I know. Anytime something. And the only two goes, returning corners, what McGee and Jones, aren't playing at all this Jones, year. Yeah, they're out. They're gone. So. Um, I know a lot of fans want whenever something goes wrong to be like, oh, just play all the young players and build for the future. It's like they're four and two, two and one. They're not going to just blow it up at this point. Right. Even if they lose the next two games and they're four and four and two and three, they're still not going to blow it up. They got Bama that next week, so it's like they're going to play the best players. Um, thanks for all y'all do. Shout out Coach K, appreciate that. Appreciate uh, Russell to what's the hold up on offering on the under the radar Louisiana guys? Backs and Broussard, you don't want to burn bridges when you offer and pull it. But they seem worthy of a shot, especially given there's no signing class cap. I think Bax is someone they will make a move on. Broussard's interesting because they already have four receivers. Bax is a linebacker at Endicar, um, committed to TCU, who mm-hmm. typically makes very solid evals. Um, Harvey Broussard, I think with four receivers already committed, it's just kind of a hey, how long, let's keep pushing the evaluation through, yeah. wait it out, and see where the board looks. Uh, how involved are Sloan, Davis, Hankton building the scheme? Um, I don't know the answer to that. I don't. We are not in the room. Um, I imagine not much since this doesn't really look like what I remember of any Tech's offenses, but I'm wondering their input just beyond coaching other positions. I'm sure everyone gets input, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Kelly and Denbrock's offense. Uh, they're the head coach and the offense coordinator, so it should be. Yes. Right? Like, yes. I'm not beefing over that. No, no. It should uh, not, I'm sure yeah. they take – look, I've met Denbrock – Multiple times, I've, I've seen him not in his work capacity. Like he's a great. Everyone loves him. It's like I'm very positive he's the type that is receptive to feedback. Like yes, I do not. Everywhere he's worked, everyone that worked with him said he was great. Yes. So uh, I wouldn't think that anybody's butting those guys out of the room. Uh, at what point does Kelly step in? This is from JD the Tiger <clears throat> for Denbrock and tell him I'm calling the plays or tell him what schemes to run, what kind of plays to call, etc. I feel as a head coach, you have to know when to step in for a coordinator, get more hands-on direction. feels like that time is now. And we'll never know how much that's actually going on, but I think it. They will not. I think that their two philosophies are pretty similar. in sync. Yes. Like, I think that Kelly and Denbrock are I on don't, the same page. I don't know what, if you watch Notre Dame the past four years and you watch Cincinnati the past four years, I don't know if I'm taking away much of a difference between those two offenses. And you did a lot of looking at those two over yeah. so they're similar. I'm, I think it's why I hired him. Yeah, that is. I think that's exactly why. You want to build a foundation. It's a new program, new team. You're like, all right, let's get a guy that knows knows what I want. I know what he wants, and they go from there. Uh, Iowa City Tiger fan. What is Kelly learning about his offensive style versus SEC defenses? Is he open to make changes? This is a great question. I think he, he has to be open to make changes. Yes. And I think that's one thing that you don't like. He's learning his roster, but he's also – He's going to the swamp for the first time. Like, you're having to understand so many elements and then the simple speed. Of, like, you could have played SEC teams before, but you don't know the toll that takes on your team week after yes. week. And then the not even physically, but mentally, like, you just got blown out 40 to 13 by Tennessee, but you better get up because you go to Florida now. And then when you get back, you're going to play Ole Miss at home. And then you get a bye, but great. You're coming Bama. out of a bye and playing Bama. Like, I think you're learning about that. I think he's learning about so much this year. But yes. I, I also think he's a really smart guy. Um, so I think he's yes. able to kind of process a lot more than beyond what their win-loss and week-to-week results are. I think he's doing a lot of in his head of, these are the adjustments I've got to start making when we get to the offseason. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add, add to that. I think from an offensive style standpoint, I, 
I can't. I think Denbrock will continue to be the offensive corner, if nothing else, because you want consistency and you want to uh, not blow up a coaching staff after one year, especially after your first year. But um, I think they'll make changes. But um, I think a lot of this year is just about learning. No doubt. Uh, LWT being that Will Rogers, who stayed as quarterback, was the only quarterback that graded out better than Jaden this past weekend. Is it fair to say he's actually not the problem? The problem's much deeper than him. Well, he's, the problem's definitely much deeper than him. The problem starts up front, like it always does in football, yes. especially in the SEC with the offensive line. Um, I actually think that if we're just looking back at, like everyone knows what Jaden is right now. So then if you're saying, okay, well, this next game, I want him to be more aggressive throwing to guys when they're coming out of their breaks or, you know, timing-wise. And let's see, what, what was the other thing last week that everybody talked about? Oh, uh, don't use... Quit dumping it off to Mason Taylor. Yeah. Okay, well, Mason Taylor had the least amount of targets of anyone that played, and I thought he was a lot more aggressive throwing the football. He was very aggressive. I so, mean, some of those throws, you look back on them, you're like, okay, those are legitimately good throws that in tight windows that he was not even trying before. So I, we said that we talked about this Yeah, the, the problems podcasts. are deeper than that because he did two things they really needed to do, and they scored 13 points. Yeah, so, it's like, and they ran the ball for 12 yards. Yeah, and I'm not going to be someone who keeps moving the goalpost when Jaden, you want Jaden to, to do this, he does that, and then you're like, okay, well, he didn't do this. Like, you can keep moving it as much as you want. The offense just as a whole is not good at this point. Um, RHCP93, is there any chance, even small, that Denbrock might chance. not be the OC next year? I would think that you prefer continuity over anything, yes. and I think with a— a guy's experience is Denbrock. You would think that you could kind of shift a little bit of your philosophy to match what you've got and not have to wholesale change things. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. NW Tiger, our run game totally lacks any creativity. We have a quarterback that's very slow process for info. Won't throw deep or throw receivers open. We put one to two tight ends on the field every play to block, which they can't do. Session. Kelly said that they definitely cannot. He's like the tight ends are not where they need to be blocked. And I've said that since um, I've said that since week one. I said no. I don't. I don't. Really and we get sit that our most point. talented group of receivers when Daniels does start. Eventually, he's either late or behind the receivers. I don't think all this is completely true. This is a venting session. Yeah, this ahead. staff won't even give Nuss reps in a blowout. I think if you're talking about you are talking about Tennessee. They did move the ball in the first half. They moved they the just ball the made entire bad game decisions game. when they got down there of not taking points, going for it on these fourth down. Like it was, they weren't doing themselves any favors a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, there's not a question here. That's less there's, miles. There's not a okay. question there. Uh, this is going outside of dramatic changes to our, from our coaches. This is going to get very ugly. Sure. I think we already knew it was going to be ugly in the sense that they have a. Comp- a wholesale change to everything. They're, they're, Kelly said that today. There's going to be better to Saturdays, and there's going to be Saturdays that feel like this did, and that's just the reality of where we're at right now. And he said that because we're only just starting to build the foundation. And he, what do you say today? Guys are having to learn habits yeah. right now. Go loss uh, is uh, what is the benefit of playing Daniels at this point? There's no long-term benefit. We need Walker to be the starter next year. We also need to see what Nuss uh, has really has if he's going to be if it's going to be a legitimate quarterback battle next year. I think Miles Brennan is our best option, but BK knew his O line gets him killed. Uh, this the reason of playing Daniels 
this year is because he's the best quarterback this year. There, that's bottom line. That's it. And with a bad O line, you want and a bad offensive line. You don't want one of those other kids to, to he, die. He out there beat on the out, field, and huh? what, I don't know where this is going from that they don't know what Nuss has. Like well, they see, that's what I said. Well, this uh, like a, they saw him in spring. I'm not they picking on summer. Go they saw him in fall. At all, but it's when, like this is a more generic thing when people say we need Walker as a starter next year. I'm not sure you do. Uh, we also need, to, and I'm not saying it's going to be Daniels. I'm just saying like Walker's about to be a redshirt freshman next year. He's also six foot and needs to continue to develop in certain areas. Like this isn't yes. STM anymore, and he knows that and has a very good head about that. And yes. I think that that's fine. Yeah. Like don't put there's like I hate there's so much, and now it's it's nuts too. But then I want to quickly answer what you said. We all need to see what Nuss has. If there's going to be legit, we need to see it. We don't need to see anything. The coaches every day get to watch, and they know exactly what kind of quarterback battle they're going to have. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm good on. Uh, we, we, the we don't need to see anything Nuss. as long as as long as he's practicing, and then the coaches know how good he is. So yeah, they'll be fine. Um, yeah, be as he said. Uh, B, BK probably knew our O line would get Brandon killed. He the O line would have Brandon would have gotten hurt again had he been on, been on this team. No doubt about it. Um, Go Tigers, eight. Uh, understand the O-line situation, but does Denbrock have a history of only having one run play in the book inside zone? So everyone's banging on him right now because yeah, they're just running inside going. zone nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is Cincinnati's offense as blame in the run game as this? No, and I don't think this run game is that. Obviously, they have more than one run play. But if people want to be... They did run a lot of inside zone. Yeah, they did. But if, you wanna, if we want to hyperbolize uh, the offense and just reduce it down to that then i guess so but uh they they had a lot of problems they couldn't block them for anything so i didn't i don't know what to say um no that's not a question lsu illuminati just wanted to ask about offensive scheme philosophy and utilizing want... space for example like we saw tennessee saturday tennessee runs the bryles offense like you watch that with ole miss all the time yeah. too like you also have to have personnel to run that offense yeah um, Holy Bull, Perkins playing time. We answered that one. Timetable on Campbell. We answered that one. Why is tackling so poor? That's really baffling to me. Like they tackle well in some games, and they're yeah. just really bad in others. The space. I don't. I watched. I don't. I watched the T- Tennessee game again. It's just like they they did struggle to tackle. Um, but it was mostly on the boundary, and even I thought Penn missed a couple tackles. Like yeah, as a team, it was definitely probably their worst tackling game since Florida State. So that was disheartening. Uh, Dellinger timetable. We I don't know why. One. I don't know why it's tackling yeah. so far. Like if you're asking me, from it's like a, week to week, from a coaching perspective, why they can't tackle? I don't know. They just didn't hit um, up, get to the floor. Jimmy Chill is our O line room devoid of talent after years of O or is Brad Davis not doing a good job of coaching? I think it's devoid of talent. Uh, we yes. all had the off season to work out a, yes. a top five, and then it took us several games to get there. Well, there were injuries thrown into that, and Cam Wire. Did not play well at all out of the gates, and yeah. then you had to switch. Dellinger at center seemed like a bad idea to start. I think they had to just get as many guys ready at center as they could. I think they just didn't want to play Turner at center to start the year. I thought they were like, okay, if, if Dellinger can process all this and he can snap the ball, then we have a center and we can build out around that. It's like we have guys like Tremont Schwartz who can fill in at times, Anthony Bradford who can fill in, and you go from there. But obviously that's tough. They should have maybe evalu- um, put him there earlier. But they did it like a week into the fall camp, so I don't know. Uh, famous Amos of seven and five are reasonable expectation, expectations for BK's first year. What's reasonable, if not expected, in years two and three? I would say when you need to win a game 
at least one more game every season to be considered improving. Like they went six and six last year, so seven wins would be improving. The next year you get to eight and nine wins. The next year you need to be competing for I mean the West, like yeah. double digit wins. And in my West. preseason predictions, I, I put eight and four, but in the whole thing, I was like, yeah, I was this close to putting seven to five. I probably <clears> would have put seven to five. Um, so I think year two and I mean year three is so far beyond my comprehension at this point of what this yeah. team and roster will look like. We don't know what the roster. We will don't look even like. know what it'll look like next year. No. But uh, from a year two perspective, I think if they, I like actually you said eight and four nine. And three I actually think the roster was in such shambles that next year is going to be. You, you're, they're not going to be playing clean football next year. They're still not going to have the guys, I, and I firmly believe that. Like no. that, they'll win more games next year. It just won't be. They'll still be rough days, tough times ahead. That's just where they were as yes. a program. Yes. People are forgetting they got housed by Kansas State in a bowl game. For real. It was bad. It was like, it was like 50 yes. to nothing. Um, Cordell, what's up with Perk playing less than 10 snaps? We talked about that. They just they had already moved him from middle backer to edge rusher back to – they don't they didn't want to move him back to middle backer just for one game. So yeah. uh, he did say he's going to play a lot this weekend at Florida. Yes, he said and I that, see that. Uh, two more. Gochella, while I agree Seven's been underwhelming Butte this year on all accounts, he seems to lack explosiveness or quickness from last year, even with the ball in his hands. If you heard anything on you guys not floated back from injury, definitely not excusing his play, but just curious if you've heard anything about the injury in him. We talked about that a bit. I think that there there has to be something with that in there. And whether that was, as you noted, like whether that was like getting back to 100% physically and now getting back to 100% confidence-wise, like, He's still on that journey for me. I agree. Yeah, we, this we, is we not the Boutte we know. This is not. No, even the tough catches, he's just not making. So. Uh, Jimmy Chill, Maddie, not really for the mailbag. Some kind of comparison you could do between the scheme Denbrock is forcing and the more modern college game that might actually fit our players. It might be an impossible task, but I'm asking you to be a better AC than Denbrock. Matt, you're like 20-something years old. I, Denbrock's been doing it for 20-something years. I don't think you're going to be able to accomplish this. He's been this. doing this longer than I've been alive. Uh, it seems like the offensive coaches like Kiffin and Sark are doing laps on Denbrock. Maybe I'm wrong. I actually think Kip, Kiffin's a, Kiffin and Sark should not be put in the same sentence. Sark's a lot better play caller than I Sark, think. Sark at Bama was unfair. Sark, Sark, and Sark at Texas right now is so, looking very, very And good. I think that Kiffin has had Levy with him Yes. Multiple times now at FAU and Ole Miss that made that brought you the UT offense, the yeah. you know the old Baylor Browse offense. So yeah, yeah I, I it's don't. it's a it it takes a it's, now all I'll say is it takes a lot from personnel <clears throat> to coaching to if you do want to run these offenses, it is a lot more boomer bust type things to me. I think that too. I said I had a monologue at the end. Maybe this is a nice little yeah, into it. I do think it's going to play like I do think this will be an interesting long term discussion. And I've already touched on it briefly already in the pod. Down here, you have way more athletes than they had up there. I feel like this is an offensive scheme. While it could, if he had all his pieces, they could be undefeated right now. And yeah, if they had NFL offensive. You know, I don't, yeah, right. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're running for 200 something a game. Like, yeah, this is a route to go. I just think you see these offenses working on teams like LSU more often because teams like LSU recruit an area of the country, yes. Louisiana specifically. But East Texas, Mississippi, Florida. Georgia, um, to, you know, parts of Florida where running backs and wide receivers grow on trees. Yeah. Really athletic NFL ones. So I think if you want the offense to really click like they want it to, like they're going to have to go to the Midwest and get O-linemen. Like 
Louisiana will not give you Will Campbell and Emory Jones and Zalance Hurd every year. Yeah, it just no does one. not happen. We went about seven years before we got back to back-to-back years with guys like that. So yeah. you've got to go get those Midwestern alignment that you've turned in NFL guys at Notre Dame. You've got to go get those, a lot of times, Midwest tight end guys that you know are big enough to block and catch, which doesn't happen a ton in the South. And so, Yeah, and they're reaching. I mean, you're, you're watching them having to reach for Nicholas Harbor and uh, guys like that for – um, as far as tight ends go, and then guys that are already committed to other places at this moment. So that'll be interesting. Y'all yeah, the- but I just think how they continue to evolve the philosophy to where – but again, I think it probably all starts with they have to, if they had a good O-line, things would be a lot easier. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they would be – they wouldn't have lost the Florida State game if they had a good offensive line, so they'd be 5-1 and one right now. Which – well, and look, 4-2 and two, – with the win is, over Mississippi is, State, well, and four and two is right on schedule for seven and five. I mean, and that hits my over six and a half. So I, I would say that right now they're on schedule. Look, with and you have the UAB game. You have the UAB game that we can obviously probably mark as a win, uh, which would get them to five, and then you just got to win two out of the group of games that I said were going to be like three point spreads. It's like Florida, Arkansas, A and M. Uh, Ole Miss, these are all going to be really tight spreads going into the game. We're going to be like, okay. If you can split those and get to seven yeah, wins, split you're, those, get to seven. you're good. You hit yeah. the Vegas kind of expectation yeah, pay, right pay on the head. Pay me out. Pay me out. Cash, cash it out. So, all right. there you go. There you go. A lot of questions. Um, oh, I feel we feel like Kelly after that presser. Now I, I know how he feels. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I don't. What do you want me to say, man? Put, put, put my hands up. The like, roster's I, just not there for uh, me. Leave a like, uh, share, comment. Comment. A lot of comments. A lot of comments. A lot of Tennessee fans. Yeah, shout they out were nice. They, they were. They said the podcast was really good. Very nice. I wish our LSU fans loved us that much. <laughs> Tennessee fans were loving it. Just nice people. Shout out the Tennessee fans in the comments. Uh, Awesome. And uh, thanks to everybody who sent in their questions. As always, Sunday night, I'll be posting those and uh, going from there. So, yeah, that's all we got. For Shay Dixon, I'm Matthew Bruni. Uh, We thank you all for joining, and we will talk to you all later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS Gambling Help 
Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.